When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10. That's podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to the top analysis of today's markets. Will tech earnings deliver? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Eric Jackson, founder of EMJ Capital. Hi, Eric. It's great to see you. Hey, Maggie. Thanks for having me back. And it's you're back at the start of what is going to be a big week. We have earnings coming out from some of the biggest names in tech, which I know you're watching closely, as well as a Fed meeting Wednesday, Thursday, and the monthly jobs report on Friday. It doesn't always usually line up like that, but it certainly is this week. No, this is a this is a tech bonanza week for for big tech especially. But there are actually some really interesting other smaller tech names that are going to be reporting as well. So they should give an additional flavor to the overall health of of different parts of tech, not just the biggest of the big names like Amazon, Google, and, and Apple, which are kind of the headliners this week. Yeah, the monsters that we, that we always pay close attention to. So we saw. Equities pull back today with the NASDAQ leading the way, sort of risk off in terms of assets. What's top of mind for you as we start the week and we look forward to hearing from all these different executives? What are you going to be paying really close attention to? Well, I think some, you know, some of the some of the names that really led us into the plunge that we saw last year in tech were the advertising reliant names like mm-hmm. Snap, and they're reporting tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, and of course, Meta, uh, which is who is reporting on on Wednesday. So uh, they early on saw advertisers really starting to pull back, and so it will be interesting to see um, whether there's some flip side uh, mm. encouraging signs from advertisers coming out of their reports. Uh, and of course, Google, um, you know, advertising advertisers will speak as well. Google has been getting a lot of attention because of the whole chat GPT phenomenon that's been going on for the last few weeks. I expect they'll probably, you know, wave their hands at, at uh, you know, some solution that they have in the, in the can, which they uh, plan to reveal over the coming months or quarters. Uh, but, um, you know, there, there won't be any impact on the short-term earnings. So it'll be, it, I think uh, investors and me, uh, I'll be focused just on what are the advertisers really doing with these big names um, over the first, uh, you know, over the last few months and, and what's the guide into, into this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because that was a really early indicator and everybody was kind of, you know, um, I don't know if shock's the right word, but but you could see the market reprice immediately as that. And it was a brutal ride down. Uh, so we've seen tech. It's a very different story, though, isn't it? The first month of this year, we saw tech rally. The beaten down names have come back with a vengeance. Uh, certainly seem to take some people by surprise. How do you feel the market is right now? What is the sentiment as we head into this 
uh, earnings period? You know, do people feel like they're still overly bearish? You know, could we be poised for some upside surprise? You know, just looking at the sector as a whole, or have lo- a lot of those that were bearish or short covered? Are, are, are you know, our expectations maybe too high now? How are you feeling about that? Well, even though the month has been great, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining at all. At all. I think um, I think we I haven't heard as many people talk about just how brutal December was. And so part of this January rally, I think, is a sort of a, a, a snapback from just a enormous, probably tax loss selling that went on at, at the end of the year. People were just wanting to get out of these beaten down names that were already down. 60-70% uh, before the end of the year. And so uh, there just wasn't an incremental seller coming into this year. Uh, so, but that, that all that said, I would say, uh, even though now here we are, I don't know what it is, week four, uh, that, you know, that, you know, that, that of a good, a good market, we're, you know, we were starting to hear the too far, too fast questions mm-hmm. uh, on financial media. Uh, and, you know, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, if the rally continues, um, you know, people will we'll start to hear um, bears complaining that it makes no sense and there's no logic behind this. And this is I, earlier today. I heard lots of uh, this is just a classic bear market rally. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting on my hands. So um, and yet there's an acknowledgement that probably some managers were caught offside by the move and are starting to cover positions or starting to have to dip their toe in the waters. But I don't think it's it's um, the sentiment is overly positive. Not certainly not as negative as it was at the end of the year. Um, and so I am optimistic that there is something a little different about this particular rally compared to the one that we saw in the middle part of last year, from kind of middle mid June until early August. I think there are a number of reasons uh, to be optimistic. Uh, so we'll just have to see. You know, there's always the negative voices. Um, but if the rally continues, eventually they just start to die away. Yeah, well, the fact that they're out there answers the question, right? I mean, they're 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 not as brazen, perhaps, because they were on the wrong side of it for the month of January. But the fact that they're still there gives you an indication that this is still a little bit of a battle. Um, we've got a lot of people plugged in, which I'm looking forward to, including Roy from Philadelphia, who was probably up really late last night. Roy, so thank <laughs> you for thank you for even being working in some capacity today. Of course, I'm referring to the Eagles getting into the Super Bowl. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna sort of drill down into some individual names. So um, if you're if there's something on your mind in terms of questions around tech, please by all means you know what to do. You can drop them in the live chat, put them in the chat on YouTube, or you can tweet us at Real Vision. Before we we talk about some of those big, especially the mega caps that you talked about, Eric, I'm just curious. Uh, we do have this Fed meeting coming uh, this this week, and uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth spoke with Andreas as part of uh, one of our new series called Deep Dive, really trying to dig in underneath that Fed, and you know laid out a scenario where, or or at least talked about the risks around the fact that the Fed may hold on to that pledge to hold rates. Uh, higher for longer, if not continue hiking. Let's have a listen to that and we'll chat on the other side. I can, if I can put the spoiler out there before we even really get going, what's important is whether or not for the first time since Paul Volcker left office in August of 1987, whether or not the Fed is going to defy market pricing mm. because that is the implication if they're going to keep hiking interest rates 
the important part about this, we can talk more about it, is as long as they continue, even with baby steps, 25 basis points at a time, as long as that continues, quantitative tightening rolls on in the background, and, and that's what they talk about the least is what's absolutely the most important, and that is QT. Really, really fascinating conversation. Even if you think you've been following the Fed, there were some really interesting observations Danielle had, as always, on there. So I encourage you to check it out. Uh, you can find the link where to get information so you can join and view that. Uh, the full interview is on our website. So, Eric, it's very interesting. Does the tech sector need the Fed to pause or pivot this year in order to rally? Can these companies handle a higher interest rate environment if we are going to sit here? I I don't think that they need a pause uh, to, to, to continue rallying. I mean, certainly we have, we have, it hasn't needed that in the month of January. Um, I think. But, 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 but people have been starting to factor in a soft landing and a Fed pivot. That's yeah. kind of come hand in hand, isn't it? Why, which is why I'm asking the question. Yeah. I guess I would answer it, Maggie, that um, for the first time in probably a year, maybe a year and a quarter, I think the Fed is, the, the, this, the tech names are not totally dependent on the Fed. Mm. Like it, it, it's, it's really for the last year, year plus, it really almost hasn't mattered what the company has done on a fundamental basis in terms of when they report earnings. It has just been sort of taken over by um, you know, whatever the Fed is doing, which has obviously been tightening uh, extremely quickly in 2022. So I think coming into this year, I'm less concerned about what the Fed announces this week, um, you know, whether it's a quarter point, pause, half point. Mm. I, I don't think it matters as much. I think tech can continue to rally. And I think the reason why is that uh, the market, like, as you said, the market is sniffing ahead. Um, investors in these names are, are thinking that uh, the worst of the hiking is over. Uh, they're looking forward to the pause and they're looking forward to the, the eventual cuts, uh, you know, whether they're going to come in the second half of this year or the beginning of next year. I, I just think a lot has been done. A lot's baked into the system already. A lot of damage has been done in terms of the multiples, um, you know, being eviscerated in these tech names. And... Uh, of course, now that we're sort of at this end of this uh, tightening cycle, you're looking at you're looking around at names that in some cases have been in bear markets for two years. You know, really, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of tech names started going into uh, into a bear market in February of, of uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. So we're really at the two year anniversary right now. So enough time has passed where I and enough damage has been done where I think um, I think that's the reason why the most beaten down names have been the first to move in the month of January. Uh, but there's still, you know, there's still a lot more potential for the, for them to, to to kind of move if we just have this sort of, um, you know, tight but neutralish uh, environment for the next year with with the Fed. If there are cuts, you know, then you know there's potential for for that to be another tailwind for some of these names as well. Um, but that's what makes me most excited. I, I really, I, I can't wait to not care about Jerome Powell anymore. <laughs> I, rem I, I, remember I think there might be some people that want to tattoo that someplace. I feel like there's a lot of people that can't wait to not care. I, I remember, I remember Q4 of 2018, which is when he like got overly uh, hawkish 
And the whole market like basically took a bath for basically a quarter from September until kind of uh, the end of December of 2018. And, and that was long enough for me. So the fact that we've had to deal with him for, you know, a year and a bit now uh, has been has been torture. Uh, hopefully we're at, we're at the end of that. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So when you're looking at this space now, are you being, because there was a time when we know that you could pretty much buy anything in tech and you were going to do okay. I mean, you were looking to outperform, yes, but I mean, generally that was the whole, there is no alternative, right? Or huge flows, passive as well as um, active, just going into FANG because they were, they were just unstoppable. Are you being more discerning now? What's an area, how are you thinking about the sector? You're focused on growth, I think, within the tactor, right? So right. so what do you like? What What's it, at this point in the cycle, what looks appealing to you? Well, yeah, the, the, if you think of like a slow motion train wreck uh, kind of making its way through tech, it was first the smaller cap uh, to mid cap companies that got affected and probably the less profitable ones, you know, at the very, very beginning, then it's kind of the more profitable small tech. And then uh, remember, like a lot of a lot of money kind of got allocated into big tech towards the end of of 2021. 20, uh, uh, and, and FANG actually had a great year in 2021, while a lot of smaller cap tech did not. Um, but then eventually, you know, the Piper came calling for, for big tech as well. Uh, so coming out of it, I mean, I think it's going to work in a similar fashion where like the, again, the, the, the probably the least profitable tech names, the most beaten down ones, you know, we've, we've seen that move start to happen in January. Um, and it's going to move to the more profitable smaller cap names and then eventually up the chain to the bigger cap names. So so I'm I'm positioned in some of the most uh, beaten down names. Um, I, you know, just just like one 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 kind of macro view uh, before I jump into some specifics on, on some on tech names. But I think like the most um, proper analog to the situation where we are right now is August of 1982. And the reason why I'm very specific about that is that that was the August of 1982 was the last time uh, the CPI was above 6.6%. And it act, and that that month coincided when when uh, CPI dropped below 6.6. And you know, going into kind of the early 80s, you had chronic inflation uh, much worse than we've had this time, in excess of of ten percent. Uh, you know, sort of a false false start where it seemed to be dropping and then came back. But August of eighty two was the moment that it actually decisively dropped below six point six and stayed there uh, and never and and really on on route to two percent and kind of staying down at two percent for the last you know forty years or so. And so I think that um, you know what's uh, what's interesting is that that drop started a market rally. The market had kind of been sort of flattish, uh, kind of had some false starts and dips and stuff, had been kind of very negative kind of coming into that August point. And then for whatever reason, 
um, at the sign that you know this this the, this thing is heading in the right direction in terms of inflation. Um, it it took off for a ten month rally where the S and P rallied seventy percent over that ten months, and the Nasdaq rallied hundred percent. The Russell rallied one hundred and ten percent over, and then this is just over ten months. Uh, of course, you know then you know throughout the rest of the eighties, I think. Nasdaq averaged something like 20% a year for the, like, the next seven years. So I'm not saying that's going to happen again exactly, but I think part of the start of this rally is is sort of like a realization that, okay, you know, inflation is finally dead. You know, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, uh, and we thought it was going to happen earlier at the end of the summer last year. It didn't, but now we're kind of, we, we see some evidence that that's where we're heading. And so I think we could be in, in store for a, a similar kind of move, which is going to benefit all of tech, but especially growth tech. So I'm positioned in a lot of, you know, some of these kind of smaller cap names and, and some beaten down names. That's so interesting. So that it sounds like you're basing it on sort of price action that the, the you know, if you see this powerful rally, it stands to reason that those that were the most beaten down and pressured have the most to rebound, but you definitely going to get pushback on that. Before you even said that, Trillion X in our in our chat is saying the rebound's been driven by unprofitable tech, so no reason to be excited by this rebound. That that's going to worry some people. So what are you what are you looking at? And and when we say unprofitable tech, are you differentiating now between those the those who got swept up in the sell-off, but have a viable business model and you think have a road to profitability. How are you kind of squaring that? Well, I, I'm unprofitable tech gets thrown around a lot, especially in relation to the ARC names and Kathy mm -hmm. Wood and so forth. Um, I, I just think it's a bit of, you know, a red herring. I, I'm, I'm, I actually think, you know, all the tech and especially all small tech has been crushed. You know, whether you're an Uber uh, that's solidly profitable, solidly cash flow positive, or I don't know, Carvana or, or Open Door or some, a name like that. You know, so everything's been hurt. The, the more unprofitable ones are, have been hurt a lot more. <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, the Carvana was sort of like people thought it was on the, or, or, and, and I guess some people still do think it's on the verge of bankruptcy. So down 90 plus percent, same with Open Door. Um, so for me, um, I, I, I want to look around. I want to take a look at um, some unprofitable names that I think have some staying power. Uh, and, and I have a small position both in Open Door and, and Carvana, for example. I want to um, be exposed to a name like an Uber that is solidly profitable, but a smaller name. And I think it's a, it's a misunderstood name. It's a name that always gets compared and its multiple gets compared to Lyft, its primary competitor. And, and yet Lyft has a much weaker business. It's a much more geographically limited business. And so, you know, if you're, I don't, I, I think that Uber deserves to be compared to, you know, more mid-sized tech. And if it was, its multiple is a lot cheap, even though people say, well, it's a lot more expensive than, than Lyft, for example. So uh, I, I think you need to, so, you know, no surprise, you need to do some um, sorting between all the possible names out there. Um, some, of, you know, it, it doesn't have to all, they don't all have to be cash flow positive. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to which names have really been beaten down, are really kind of um, 
you know, had this price dislocation happen to them and should, you know, at some point, and you don't know, you don't always know what the catalyst will be, uh, will snap back. And so, you know, probably like one of my biggest winners in January has been, has been uh, Coinbase. And so that was a name that just got sold and sold and sold through the end of the year. Um, and you couldn't find anybody saying anything positive about this name and people saying crypto was a fraud and this and that. Well, because we had the headlines of FTX and you know, and yeah. the and the ripple from that, which has been frightening. And yeah, when I when I looked at it in December, I'm saying, okay, their biggest one of their biggest competitors just imploded, and by some measures that that you could you could find, uh, Coinbase, you know, picked up like thirty to thirty five percent of FTX's former business. So just immediately, like all that market share came over. Um, also, coin. Uh, Coinbase has been a solidly profitable company coming into, you know, its IPO uh, in kind of 2021. And all of a sudden, when they IPO, they went on a hiring binge. They went from 1,800 people working at the company to 6,800, like almost like within a year. And so they be they became all. But that being said, they, you know, 2021 when crypto was going through the, the roof, they were making money hand over fist, 40% EBITDA margins and so forth far from an unprofitable tech company. And yet crypto slowed down. They had this huge headcount, uh, you know, FTX imploded. Uh, so all those, you know, the thing went down, whatever, you know, from almost $400 a share to, uh, I think this month you could buy it for, I think the low was like $31 a share or something like this. And yet they did two rounds of job cuts. They, so they recognized the problem. I wish they had done more, but you know, they, they did a lot. I think they're down in the mid threes now, a thousand employees. So they're gonna be a lot more uh, lean, mean, and efficient. Um, I thought, well, I don't know when the crypto comeback is gonna happen, but when, they when it comes, you know, who else, who's better positioned than Coinbase? I mean, Binance, this offshore uh, player, or do you wanna deal with someone who deals with all the regulators and went through an IPO process and so forth? And so, um, and then, of course, we we did see the snapback in crypto this this month. I think I think all of crypto's market cap, total market cap, is up like 35 percent this this month, uh, this year. And so, Coinbase Coinbase is going to be a big beneficiary of that if people are sucked back in and they start trading not just Ethereum and Bitcoin, but some of these other smaller tokens. So, um, and what also caught my eye was that uh, one of the directors of Coinbase is a guy named Toby Toby Lutke, who's the founder CEO of Shopify, and Toby in six different transactions between um, mid-December and kind of early January, dug into his own pocket and bought $3 million worth of Coinbase shares mm -hmm. at an average price of 38 bucks. And I don't, I, I mean, that, you know, many moons ago, 25 years ago, I was in academia. I did this like big computer, uh, corporate governance study with the professor I was working with at Columbia. It took like a year out of my life and we were given all, we were given like tons of funding from McKinsey and they said, Hey, you know, we hear all these things about corporate governance that they're so important. Like things like you should split the CEO from the chair. Um, you should have more diversity on your board. You should have a younger board. You should have more people on your board from the industry or something like this. You know, the, you, you know, you've probably heard all these kinds of recommendations yep. before. Problem is nobody ever studied whether any of these things actually are linked to um, better stockholder returns. And what did we find? None of these things mattered. There was no correlation from, you know, T0 to T1 or T2 between any of these things. If you, if you implemented these changes, there was only one thing that mattered. And it was whether you had two or three 
or more outside directors on your board who had substantially purchased stock in the company from their own funds. They weren't granted stock. They weren't given RSUs, it, which is treated like found money by everybody. Yeah. But they actually had to make the conscious choice that I really believe in this company and the CEO. I'm going to dig into my own pocket and spend my money. And, you know, and it really didn't matter how much, you know, and obviously everyone's financial conditions, are, you know, are different. And, and some people have said to me, well, you know, Toby bought $3 million worth of Coinbase stock. What does it matter? Because that's, you know, X percent of his overall net worth. Let me tell you, when you spend $3 million, it means something to you, whether you're a billionaire you or, are. Or, not, or a millionaire. So, I mean, it's not not a, not a for sure thing, but I felt like the, there are a bunch of things here where this thing is just got oversold. Um, it doesn't make sense here. Uh, I don't know when it's going to turn around, but I think it's, you know, if it turns around, it could be a massive uh, multiple of, of 31 bucks or 32 bucks or wherever it was trading at. So, you know, that that's an example. So, uh, That's so interesting. You, know, you can do that it's, kind of an analysis on an open any door. company. Yeah. yeah, any company. Well, and that, that's what I think is so useful because obviously you're bullish Coinbase. I, I I assume you're still holding some sort of position in it. But but the interesting thing is that's one of the sort of deciding factors for you, which I think is is super interesting. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. We have a question about Apple, your thoughts on Apple in general, and then also. You know, when you're listening for that conference call, um, are you looking for things like their VR headset plans? You know, the sort of what's the next thing that's going to keep Apple going? Does that matter? What's important there for you? It matters. I mean, they they, they are um, you know a bulletproof. Uh, they've been they were the most bulletproof of the big techs last year. Uh, I, I going into this year, I like them and Tesla as the the two of the big tech names that I think. Uh, will likely have the best 2023. With Apple, um, of course, I'd love to hear about a new product, you know, but really for 10 years, we've been waiting on what's what's going to be the, the next iPhone. Uh, and it turns out the next iPhone is just, the, you know, the next version of the iPhone. I mean, the, the Ear, Ear, AirPods, you know, are a meaningful business now. The iPad's a meaningful business now. Um, we'll see what happens with VR. Um, the services obviously matter. But really, it, it, Apple has done well just by kind of focusing on uh, what it's really good at. And it will be interesting to, just to see how uh, their retail sales hold in this quarter when all this macro noise around the economy is, is, is swirling. Um, they, they seem to have surprised so far. Obviously, um, uh, they need to keep it up. Uh, but I, I, you know, that, that's going to be the most um, interesting you know, aspect of that, of that uh, call for me, how they do in China. Uh, of yeah. course, what they, what they say open, about China's impact yeah. over the last month or so, whether they're seeing a material difference. Yeah, um, that, that's well, that, that will be interesting because there, we've been talking a lot about the China reopening, but we're still trying to get really tangible uh, things on that. want to get a couple questions in. Lena, it, by the way, that Apple question was for Oliver. Lena is on fire with some really good questions. And uh, they are, if if first of all, is Tesla a tech stock? I love that question. And if you have to pick a stock, to hold for the medium and long term, 
what is it? A tech stock to hold for medium long term. What are your thoughts? Um, okay, so Tesla. I, yes, I think it is a tech stock. Um, I, I I hear the bears saying it's a car company. Why? Yeah. You know, why? It's such a simple question, but it's thing? a great one. It's got you know its gross margins are going down and it's going to end up you know, but it's still a lot you know overvalued compared to whatever Ford. Um, I, I just don't think any of those other traditional car companies um, have the opportunity to get into kind of new areas. Obviously, Tesla has the car. It's got the energy storage system growing. Everybody's, you know, um, some people anyway, are er everyone's charging their car. Some people are getting into the whole solar city, um, you know, energy pr production <laughs> business. Uh, we'll see whether that thing develops. Uh, I know that Ford's nowhere near close to, you know, growing that kind of business. Uh, we'll see whether they do something with their supercharger network. Um, you know, they've shown with SpaceX that they, you know, they can get into like, the, you know, launch the whole Starlink business out of that. So I think there's different optionality with Tesla um, that just isn't there for the, the, the basic car companies. Um, for me, I, I said this uh, last week when I was asked, the most important metric for Tesla is the deliveries, not the gross margins. And um, I, the reason why is just, I think it matters the most from a growth tech investor mindset. You just wanna see this company continue to grow and get product out there in driveways of people Be because uh, some percentage of them are going to upgrade uh, down the road to full self-driving. And I know lots of people are bears and say that doesn't work and it never will work and all this kind of stuff, or it's you know vaporware and all this. But you know a lot of people are subscribing to it and, and using it, and the, it is getting better. And we don't know when you know we no one knew that Chat GPT was going to take off this year, um, right? And we don't know when full self driving will you know you know fulfill the promise that you know that maybe all of us hope that it will, but. It, that's an upgrade and that's a boost to gross margins when it comes. I don't think the other car companies have that. So uh, that that's in short why I think it's a, a tech stock. Um, in terms of a mid, mid-sized company. That, I, think, I think it was a, a, a tech company for the medium to long term. Um, so I would say, you know, I like Coindesk. Uh, you know, I, I think that has the opportunity. You know, if, if crypto, if this bounce proves that it has some staying power and people look at you know how is this company valued again and how what is its cost structure like and um should it get a premium to a schwab for example they so this use is coin desk or coinbase or, sorry, sorry not coindesk uh coindesk is for sale coinbase yeah, i wanted to make sure we were clear on that because i had a feeling you were talking about coinbase coin. but yes i've done the same thing don't worry yeah coin uh, so, you know, that's, that's a name that could, you know, be five X higher than where it is now. If, if, um, people sort of say, Hey, this thing is growing a lot faster than a Schwab. Um, it has great margins. It's got a much improved cost structure. Um, it's the market leader. It's put itself under regulatory scrutiny, unlike the finances of the world and FTXs and so forth. So if, if crypto is here to stay coin, you know, is going to be a clear beneficiary of that, probably more than any other public stock that's out there. So, uh, so that's that's one I like. Um, so interesting. We're almost out of time, but I just want to squeeze one more in broadly because I know you had been looking at team and bill. Obviously, we you know everyone's been kind of tracking um, what's happening with Salesforce, which is a juggernaut. What about SaaS? 
Is that is that an area? This is a, a lot of focus on this. That maybe you know those best days were over. It's going to be tough sledding for that area as if companies do indeed try to rein in costs broadly. Do you have thoughts about that area of tech? There's still a laggard, and they they started to come back in the last week or two. Those kinds of names, and and specifically, Team and Bill are, are reporting later this week. I think on Thursday, and so that'll give some additional color. Um, but a lot of these names are like back to where they were five years ago, um, if not lower. So they've, they've really been decimated. I think there's, you know, the investors really haven't come back into them. Uh, I don't have as much exposure to them now as I did a year ago or two years ago, mm-hmm. certainly uh, when they were the darlings. And so I think it's a bit of a show me story with them. So I, I think uh, you have time to kind of sit back look at some of the earnings that, 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 that come in during this earnings season with them and then uh, make a decision on whether you want to jump into some of these names or not. Excellent. We, we have so much we could cover with tech. We're only really scratching the surface, but it's been a great conversation. Eric, thank you so much. It's going to be really interesting to see what unfolds uh, this week. So we'll be sure to keep track of everything that you're saying out on social and everywhere else. Um, just as we wrap up, uh, I just wanted to give you all uh, a staff recommendation. This one's from me and Matt, who do our newsletter, who does our newsletter. Uh, and you can find a link for that, our free newsletter in the chat. If you haven't had a chance to watch or looking for the episode um, with Andreas and Marco Papich, I encourage you to do so. We have a lot of geopolitics in the headlines uh, right now, whether it's Iran or Turkey's position on Finnish and Swedish uh, membership. So the, the episode is so, so very timely. So we highly recommend that one to you. Uh, Andreas and Tony Greer are going to be here tomorrow. So you can bet they're going to be talking about what's happening uh, in the Middle East as it may impact uh, the commodity markets and the very latest on that. So you want to tune in for that. In the meantime, thank you all for joining. Eric was so great to have him here as well. Uh, Eric, thank you for that. Good luck this week. It's going to be super busy. Uh, good luck to all of you out there too. We'll see you soon. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.